1: Gen Nation, what is up? What is happening? Back again for another week. We are on to the NFL playoffs. Some of the best time of the year. Some of the most profitable time of the year, for that matter, as well. This slate this weekend is something. Uh, it's not. It's not definitely not as bad as last week, but uh, it could have been better had we, you know, didn't have a couple injuries to the quarterbacks, like Tua Tagovailoa, who's going to be out with a concussion. And Lamar Jackson looks very doubtful, so those two games don't look as good as what they could have been. But overall, I still think there's some definite spots to get to on this slate. We are going to be covering the full Saturday through Monday slate. So uh, I was actually surprised we were talking. We've been talking about this. That uh, surprised they included the Monday, not made that an island game for the showdown slate. But here we are, so we get more action on this slate. So you know, let's uh, dive right into it, shall we? Yes sir. So at the quarterback position, we have Josh Allen at 7900. Already seeing that uh, DraftKings decided to neuter this slate a little bit and make it a little bit more fun for the casuals. Uh but I digress. We have Joe Burrow at 6900, Justin Herbert at 66. Dak Prescott at 6k. And then Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence at 5700, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, and the possibility of Teddy Bridgewater and Tyler Huntley at 5K. So, Maddie, we were talking pre-show, and I'm just going to get it out of the way. My favorite quarterback on this slate is Daniel Jones. I think that with all, even without Josh Allen on this slate, I just don't think Miami is going to be do a whole lot to be able to push him. I think Daniel Jones, uh, point per, per dollar, can match Josh Allen on a week-to-week basis. If you look at daniel jones over the past six games he actually leads all quarterbacks on this slate in rushing yards with 270 he has the same amount of touchdowns he actually has more passing yards than josh allen now there's a caveat to that because obviously there's one less game in there because of the the missed game there but still uh, it's almost 300 passing yards so roughly he's right on track with him and yes daniel jones can be a little boom or bust but he still has a high ceiling the last uh the last game he played in, he scored 36. The game before that against Minnesota, he put up 25 DK points. And if you can get 25 to 30 DK points from him against Minnesota, I think he is at 5,600. It makes him an elite play on this slate against a defense that is truly dreadful against the past. They are 29 or 31st in past DVOA on the year. Over the last four games, they are 25th in past DVOA and 28th in rush DVOA. And his ability to run the football makes him such a good play. So I love Daniel Jones on this slate. I'm going to have a ton of Daniel Jones. I think you can stack him with Darius Slayton. You can stack him with Isaiah Hodgins. You can stack him with Richie James. Yes, those aren't sexy names, I understand. But there's still a lot of upside here. And also because of his rushing ability here on this slate. So that is going to be the quarterback that I absolutely love on this slate.
2: Yeah, it's kind of scary that I'm right there with you. Uh, it's you never want to be on a chalk Daniel Jones, but I feel like that's that's where the train is headed for this weekend. But I I agree with everything you said. I mean, you look at the ceilings for the quarterbacks that are on this slate, and I mean, Josh Allen's probably the only one that can act absolutely go, go nuclear here. Um, I don't know with the the QB situation for Baltimore, I don't know that they will be able to push uh, the Bengals enough. And, and and granted, the Bengals can can go out there and win forty-one to, to six, and and Joe Burrow throws for five five touchdowns and four hundred yards. Like that's definitely possible. But we've already seen you know Burrow play Baltimore twice this year. He hasn't nuked the slate either time. Um, and I know one of those times I think he was missing T Higgins, but still, uh, this the Ravens' defense has been you know better as the year's gone on. Uh, they've. It's just the game, feel, the game feels gross, and, and Vegas agrees. They've got it at a – It's that's the lowest total on the slate. It's a 40-and-a-half. So we've got Seahawks Niners at 42, Chargers Jags 47-and-a-half, Dolphins Bills 43-and-a-half with a big spread of, of almost 14 points. Giants Vikes have the highest total of the week at 48. Uh, Ravens Bengals lowest of the week at 40-and-a-half, and Cowboys Bucks at 45-and-a-half. So, I mean, it's it's – Jags and Chargers and Minnesota and the Giants that's that have the two highest totals of the week. And you've got Dallas and Tampa Bay barely, barely trailing those. And I do like I do think the the Tampa Bay pass game is really interesting. Dallas over the last few weeks, they've they've had uh some big injuries in their secondary. So, you know, we saw Trevor Lawrence absolutely pick them apart. And so they scored 40 points against them. Um, you know, they just lost to Sam a Sam Howell led commanders team. Uh, that was able to, you know, have success throwing the ball through the air. So it's, it's a really good spot for Brady too. I just, with, with Jones's rushing upside and Jones being, you know, that same price. I just don't know that I can get to Brady over Jones. I'll probably end up playing a Tampa Bay receiver like Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, but I'm not sure I'm going to end up stacking Tom Brady, but I do think Tampa Bay is very interesting as well. Um, that game that game could shoot out could be the shootout of, of the week uh cuz kev like like i mentioned pre-show um you look at the chargers game logs and throughout the whole year they the chargers games just never nuke a slate every single time you get to the end of a game it's like 24 to 21 28 to 24 uh you know 20 to 17 23 to 20 even when they played the chiefs it was 27 24 and you know you could I'd project the Chiefs and Chargers to go for way more points than the the Chargers and Jags. So, um, I just I, yeah, I think the Chargers and Jags are going to end up having a lot of ownership from the past games, and I think it's a great a great game where you can attack running backs from. So I'm um, I'm looking at probably Daniel Jones, and then I, I agree with Derek. I mean, you can absolutely go Dak or Brady, uh, and, and load up that that last game hammer. Uh, and that game, th- I think that game could end up 35 to 30, 31 or, you know, something crazy like that. Um, cause Dallas has, Dallas has been arguably the best offense outside of last week, arguably the best offense in the NFL. I mean, they've, they've scored pretty much 25 plus points every single week. Uh, and their defense is, is starting to deal with injuries to where the other teams have been, you know, pushing them as well. So it's, that game has all the makings of a shootout. Um, so I, and and Brady looked as good as he has all year when he played that game against Carolina. And that's the last thing you need is Tom Brady to uh you know get hot heading into the playoffs. So, um I've said it all year but I don't think Brady's washed yet. I think it's just been a matter of, you know, miscommunication and just they've just been off. And if they dude, if they, if they're on, I mean it's I don't know, it's scary. Tampa Bay can make a run here.
1: Oh, 100%. And I that that's the other game that I do really like, but I do like the Brady side as well. He's 5800 here on this slate. And like you mentioned, the Dallas Cowboys defense has really kind of fallen apart. Um, I mean, we even saw Houston uh, put up a, a ton of points against them as well. And so yeah. they have really struggled uh, as, of, as of late over the last four games. Yeah. They're 21st and past DVOA. When,
2: when Davis Mills and Sam Howell are putting up points against you and Trevor Lawrence is hanging a 40 burger on you, there's something wrong with your defense.
1: Yeah. And so Tom Brady can definitely go, uh, can, can go off and you know you have Mike Evans who's sitting here at 6,900, and it's weird that Chris Godwin has somehow dropped below uh, um, Mike Evans here. He's 6,400, which I guess probably you'll probably see more people on Chris Godwin because he's going to be the cheaper option. Chris Godwin has been very much the underneath target for Tom Brady. He has not uh, really utilized him down the field. He has just been peppered though with targets, and it's all short and intermediate route stuff with him, and so. Uh, I do think that, you know, the his pass catcher there. You could also go playoff Lenny, who was always a thing um, as well. And Cowboys Rundy has been an issue uh, as well. Yeah, Last and period. I mean, playoff Lenny is somehow $5,300. So, I mean, you could definitely stack him there. He's heavily utilized in the passing game. So, I think Brady and Daniel Jones, I agree. Those are the two quarterbacks that I do like the most. And then if I'm going to pick off, the other, you know, I, I do think the Jacksonville game, I think, has some sneaky, uh, some upside as well. Um, it's just been frustrating with Justin Herbert because, especially as of late, we've been seeing a lot of them, as uh, soon as they get down inside the red zone, they just run the football and pound it in. And Daniel, jo- or Daniel Jones, uh, Justin Herbert's just not getting a whole lot of pass, uh, you know, passing touchdowns because of it. And one thing that's going to be an issue here is that. Brandon Staley, Mr. Fake Sharp himself, should be fucking fired already. He should have been fired before the game even started by by playing his starters in an absolutely meaningless game and somehow getting Mike Williams hurt, who I don't think he's going to play. It's possible he could. It's a back injury that he's suffered in the past. I mean, he's had back problems going all the way back to college where he had back and neck problems all the way back uh, in, in that time. But there was zero reason for these dudes to be out there playing they were playing for nothing and his right re- and his response to why he did it was even worse it, it's i don't get it sit justin herbert sit austin eckler sit mike williams sit keenan allen you don't play these guys in a meaningless game and what happens one of them gets hurt and all it does is hurt this this passing offense because this this offense started to come to life a little bit once he finally got all of his pass catchers back well now you're back out without no Mike out you know Mike likely no Mike Williams and so that does hurt the upside here um of of Justin Herbert but I still think this game has enough uh to I think entice me to want to play it Jacksonville has been 18th in pass DVOA but number 3 in rush DVOA over the last 6 games so they've been really good against the opposing run and I will say this um and maybe I can say this for when we get to uh well actually before i i'll say that before we get over running back um is there any other quarterbacks you want to hit on like i you can play josh allen i just it worries me that they're not that if if it's skylar thompson that what do they really need to do to be able to beat the dolphins like i feel like they can crush them they're probably not going to run the ball as much especially with josh allen kind of uh dealing with some nagging injuries to you know uh, what what he's been dealing with and i just don't think they're going to have to do a whole lot so Yes, he can go out and get thirty. It's definitely possible, but I think it's also possible that if it is Skylar Thompson, that that they just run the ball, they play very conservative, get through the game, and get ready for next week in the rematch. That is going to be something everybody's going to talk about of the Bengals and the uh, and, and the Bills.
2: Yeah, I'm really I'm I'm going to be really excited for next weekend. Um, but but yeah, I agree. Um, and and to. The, just touch on the Jags really quick. They just kind of they put they have played some shitty offenses over the last couple of weeks outside of Dallas. Uh, so I wouldn't um, you know look into too much their their stats versus running backs. It's been like Houston and Indy without Jonathan Taylor and uh, some some really bad uh, teams that like they just gave up a hundred hundred plus and I think a touchdown to Derrick Henry last week. So um, but it is worth noting that when. Uh, that every single team that's playing this weekend has played the opponent that they're playing already once this year at, at minimum. So uh, we do have some sort of a baseline for for an approach that teams have taken. Um, and if you look at uh, the Chargers when they played Jacksonville, they threw the ball like 45 plus times and they only ran it like 12. So they definitely skewed pass heavy in that game. So even though, you know, Jacksonville defense, you can run on them a little bit, uh, I think if you're playing Eckler, you're you're playing him for his pass-catching role, um, which, you know, I guess this can be a good segue to running backs because I don't have any other quarterbacks to hit on, but you'd be playing him for his pass-catching role anyways. He caught eight passes in that game uh, earlier this year, uh, you know, and the running back on the other side of that game, Travis Etienne, I mean, James Robinson lit up the Chargers for 100 yards and a touchdown on only 17 carries, and, and now James Robinson's not even the fourth best running back on the New York Jets, so that tells you, you know, how successful this, this Jags rush offense can be. And we've seen ETN uh look like the ETN from Clemson over the last couple of weeks with his explosive ability. So um I really like both running backs from that game. Uh and I, I'm expecting the passing attacks to be popular uh with the quarterbacks that you know they've had success this year. But I I I just think, you know, the running backs make a ton of sense from from that game and, and get my QBs from one of the later games, whether it's you know, Minnesota and and The Giants or Dallas and Tampa. But yeah, there's not a whole other running backs that I love, honestly, outside of ETN. I mean, you can sell me, definitely sell me on Fournette. Uh, You know, I don't think they're going to, I don't think Rashad White definitely hasn't earned, you know, a a huge role. And we know Fournette has been a thing in the playoffs for them over the past two years. Uh, And and, uh, I feel like Fournette has posted to his socials about being playoff Lenny last year or something. So it's like, it's like a thing that he embraces, you know, he takes pride in it. So, uh, he's definitely in play. Uh, there, there is an injury. I know we, we, you know, have kind of scratched off Miami, uh, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, but, uh, Raheem Mostert Mostert definitely, it sounds like he's dealing with a severe, uh, finger, whether it's a thumb or finger issue. Um, I think it's a thumb and, You know, this could be a Jeff Wilson game. We've seen Jeff Wilson get, you know, seven plus targets uh, in games with Miami. So I wouldn't just write off Jeff Wilson uh, right away because he's going to be on the field pretty much every snap uh, and he's going to be involved in that pass game as well, especially considering they're going to be trailing. So, you know, even if even if Miami doesn't score, I mean, Jeff Wilson can easily catch six dump offs for for 40 or 50 yards. And you're looking at, you know, 10 or 11 points right there without even any rushing ability. And all of a sudden, he falls in falls into one the only touchdown that Miami scores, and you're looking at 20 DK points. So, um, yeah, I would not, definitely not right off Jeff Wilson uh, this week. But yeah, I think Etn and 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 Eckler are probably at the top of my list. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to play CMC because Elijah Mitchell's back, and they really want to involve him, especially down at the goal line. Like Elijah Mitchell is a thing. We saw him score two touchdowns last week. Sign me up for the CMC games when when San Francisco is not going to beat the beat the crap out of whoever they're playing, and that will probably be next week. So one thing that I want to mention with Austin Eckler is,
1: since Keenan Allen, and this is what I was going to get to, since Keenan Allen has come back, we have seen a much more neutered passing game production from Austin Eckler. If you look, he basically since he's come back over I mean really over his last four games, uh, he's had three targets, four targets, four targets and four targets. The pass catching work hasn't been there for them um and uh, for him now I'm not saying that, that you know he can't you know be a guy who gets 10 plus targets, but uh, it certainly hasn't been there for him lately and so he becomes a little bit more touchdown dependent on that. Um, the
2: one one count argument now no Mike Williams.
1: True. Yeah. But I, I mean, they still
2: have Josh Palmer and they still have some of these other options, but yeah. yes. And we'll talk about Palmer when we get to receivers, because he'll, he'll probably slot mainly into the Mike Williams role, which we saw him do earlier this year when Mike Williams was out. But yeah, uh, it's, I, I definitely agree. Um, with both Keenan and Mike Williams on the field, Eckler is definitely taking a massive hit, but, uh, I will counter argue that one of the two will likely be out this week and that would be Mike Williams. And so I think you know, from just from their their usage earlier this year, where Eckler saw, well, how many targets was it? I know he had eight catches. Because uh, I
1: I don't think because like even like Mike Williams, like Mike Williams wasn't seeing a ton of targets. targets. Like so, if you look at Mike Williams over the last four, he's seen eight, four, ten, and five. Like it's not like he's out here seeing this massive uh, bump in targets. It's been Keenan Allen who's who's seen this uh, who's seen a lot of targets yeah. uh, from them. Uh, I mean, he's been just been peppered with targets. If you look over the last span, 9, 14, 6, and 11. Uh, So he's kind of stolen a little bit of Austin Eckler's shine. And um, so it does worry me a little bit with Austin Eckler, considering how much you're paying to get up there at $8,300. Because I think there's a path where I would much rather prefer to pay up at wide receiver than I would rather pay up at running back. Because like you mentioned, like Elijah Mitchell is 100% a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's extremely cheap at forty seven hundred dollars, and so I think you could go there with with Elijah Mitchell, and then with with Chris McCaffrey. We you know we didn't really, I don't know if we really hit on it. I don't even really talked about it, but the weather in that game looks pretty bad uh, for that, and I um, so. I don't think the pass catching uh, work is going to be there. And I think you, you see with Seattle, like uh, if, if this is going to be a very ground and pound type football game, then you're right. I don't think Chris McCaffrey probably sees a ton of targets. I don't think they have to do a whole lot. I think they can kind of manhandle Seattle. They've kind of uh, crushed them both times they played them this year. And so if that happens, then I think Chris McCaffrey's not really worth it. And he's going to be popular on this slate, uh, and maybe even you just uh, leverage that and go all way down and play uh, Elijah Mitchell, who's only forty seven hundred dollars. Um, the other running backs on this slate, Saquon Barkley, like Minnesota, I, he can definitely be had on the ground and really on the ground um, over the last four. I think they're twenty eight in rush DVOA uh, over that span, and so I mean Saquon, obviously, you know, someone with he's the focal point of that offense. He's the best weapon they have and can definitely see, you know, his fair share of targets. He actually saw 10 targets in that game uh, when they played Minnesota the last uh, eight targets in that game. So if I was going to pay up, I think I would rather pay up for Saquon. Uh, Dalvin Cook is is in play as well. He's 7K. The Giants' rush defense is really, really bad. And so you could do that. Um, Tony Pollard, since kind of getting injured, he hasn't really looked great. Um um, but, uh, you know, I, I, think that, you know, I think he's fine. You know, I know what was it like a, what was it they call it? Like a thigh bruise or something like that. Yeah. I think it's what he had, but I, I do agree. I think Travis Etienne and Leonard Fournette just price be damned. I, I think it's probably the, the best two options you can get on the Buffalo side. Maybe people want to get there, but Miami is really good against the run. Um, and Devin Singletary and Rashad White, Rashad White and James Cook have basically been splitting touches. Uh, and splitting snaps, like down the middle. And so if you wanted to play James Cook at $4,800, you could. I don't necessarily love it because, again, I just don't love how that game script is going to go. And so for me, like I, I think it is. I think you've kind of mentioned it. I think Leonard Fournette, Travis Etienne, I think I, I, you know if I can fit him in, I want to play Saquon Barkley and maybe some Dalvin Cook in that game. James Cook, I think is far. James Cook, uh, Joe Mixon, I think is fine as well. If you wanted to do that, he has been heavily involved in the passing game this year. Uh, I think he has over sixty receptions on the year, which is by far the most he's had in, in, on you know in the season. Even last week in a game where they kind of controlled against Baltimore, he had five targets in that game as well. And so I do think Joe Mixon is also at sixty eight hundred dollars. I Think you could look at him as well if you wanted to play another running back there.
2: Yeah, I I definitely don't disagree. I just think. Running back's kind of gross on this slate, to be honest, outside of the obvious uh, ETN. And then um, I do like Fournette, 5,300 against Dallas, who's had some run-stopping issues over the last few weeks. Jeff Wilson, definitely in consideration if Mostert were to miss. I did, if if Dude, we see it every week. Pollard, <laughs> Pollard's always 5%. And I know Derek played him last week. Uh, he shot me a text at like 1 a.m. in the morning my time. I was already asleep. Uh, but <laughs> he was like... Dude, I'm playing Tony Pollard. He's sub five percent, so I would expect Debro D- to have more Tony Pollard interest this week too. Um, and I mean, it's it's a spot you know where they're going to have to rely on Dak and and Pollard's a big part of that pass game. They they have to utilize him to take pressure off of CD and, and Schultz. Um, but you don't you
1: don't think they'll do what they've
2: pretty much done the last two years when they played the Bucks and just completely abandoned the run? Because that's
1: kind of what they've done. That's kind of been their M O. Well,
2: if they do, that's good for Pollard. Because Zeke, I mean, Zeke's definitely used in, in pass protection because uh, he's very – Zeke is very good at that. And, you know, he does catch a, co- a couple passes a game. But I think – I mean, we've seen – Pollard's had games of like eight to ten targets this year. So, like, he's – like, Philly, he had eight targets. Uh, five against Jacks, five against Houston, six against Minnesota, six against Green Bay, uh, seven against Cincy earlier in the year. And and those have really correlated with his his big games um, this year. So. And I know a couple of those were were when Zeke was out, like that stretch weeks ten and eleven against Green Bay and Minnesota, when Pollard nuked the slates. But I mean, if they just are going to rely on Dak, I mean that that's I think that's a boost to Pollard personally.
1: Yeah, it's just I don't know. Like I know he's sixty four hundred dollars, and but if that's all he gets, and he doesn't really see a whole lot of work in the in the run in the running game, I I just I don't know because. I feel like that's kind of be what we're gonna see. I mean, I mean, I know the last time they played, I guess they only scored three points, so it's it's hard to really take a whole lot away from that. I'm gonna guess that they're gonna score yep. more than three three points um, in this game. But and don't get me wrong, I mean, Tony Pollard has been my guy all year. I love Tony Pollard, like, but it just doesn't feel like the spot that I would necessarily want to get to. Um, yeah, it's. Of, I
2: think I think he's better reserved for a game stack, personally. Um, I would only click his name if, 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 game stacking that game. Um, but I agree. I think, I think one of Saquon or Eckler and then ETN is probably the way to go at running back this week, honestly, or Fournette. What are your thoughts about Kenneth Walker? Uh, I'm out. I'm good on that.
1: The thing that with him is he's so explosive that
2: but Pollard and Pollard isn't.
1: Well, he is. He is. But I I think game script-wise, this game is going to be different. Because if we're talking about the weather that it looks like it could be with high winds, rain, heavy downpours, like neither team is going to be throwing the ball. And so you're you're really going to be neutering it to where you're going to have to run the football. And Kenneth Walker, I mean, obviously, I mean, he has three straight games of over 100 rushing yards. Um, You know, obviously, that's, you know, the Rams have been really good against the run for the most part this year. The Jets have been really good against the run you know the chiefs have had, at times have been really good against the run as well um this is a i think he is somebody that that maybe could go a little bit overlooked here i know it's not necessarily the greatest spot i know san francisco has been pretty good this year but he's also been utilized a little bit in the passing game so if they're going to you know um you know maybe do some short dump offs i mean he could be somebody that, like the last time they played he saw five targets in that game like He's just so explosive that it, I mean it's pop. I mean, I could see him ripping off a you know 60 yard touchdown and he's sixty four sixty one hundred dollars. So he's a little bit cheaper than Pollard, but this game script it kind of tells me that that's the way this game is going to be played. And he's sixty one hundred dollars and he's gonna have no ownership whatsoever because it's the the 49ers. And you know, I, I so I, I don't hate it. Like I yes, it's then it's more of a it's more of a tournament play, but he could be a guy who who ends up scoring, you know, a touchdown or two, and it really wouldn't surprise me.
2: Yeah, my, my thing with him is I mean, you, you go through his game logs, he only has two games over twenty DK points this year. And granted, they were both thirty point games, but those came at those came against the Chargers and Arizona, who are arguably arguably the two best running back matchups on the board uh in the NFL this year. So um I every other game that he's played and I mean he only he didn't start week one against San Francisco, so you throw that one out. But uh, I mean, he did have a, only had 47 rush yards against San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, he probably gets you 15, but I think that, you know, one of the, one of the big boys, like Saquon or Eckler is going to end up with 25 to 30. And then I think ETN also is going to flirt with 20, 25 as well. Um, and then one of the two, I think one of the cheap guys, whether it's Fournette or, or Jeff Wilson, I think will flirt with 20 plus also. So I don't know. I just, I think it's thin on the slate. And especially with, I'd rather just play Pollard if, if going for an explosive guy on on limited touches.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I, mean, I don't know. I just, I I love Tony Pollard, but it just makes it. I don't know. I just, I just don't love it. Like, it's not. It's it's not out of the question that Tampa Bay just smacks the shit out of the Cowboys. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, this week you're not wrong. You're you definitely know? not wrong. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean,
2: Tom Brady has never lost to Dallas, so.
1: Well, that's because Dallas are frauds, but. Uh. Yeah,
2: no, they suck. So. <laughs> their offense is good, but their their defense their defense has won them a lot of games this year. Um, but and Dak, I mean, and Dak has thrown a lot of pick sixes, yes, but a lot of them have actually bounced off of the receiver's hands, uh, and into the defender's hands. So, like, they're not all his fault. Granted, he has taken a lot of risks and some of the throws he he sh- probably shouldn't have made. But, I mean, that's the type of quarterback that he's been. He he makes aggressive throws. Uh, and this year, it's just bounce, not bounced in his favor, um, you know, a few times. And so, like, everybody's saying that, you know, Dak is losing them games. But Dak throwing pick sixes is actually very good for Dak when you stack Dak. Uh, because then Dak has to throw the ball even more. So, um, it's a pass-funnel matchup for Dallas. Uh, I think – I I agree. I, I don't think they're going to lean on Zeke and Pollard in the run game, but I think, you know, the, the running backs can be involved through the pass game there. And I definitely could see Tampa Bay winning that game for sure. Uh, cause Dallas has, I guess what I was saying is Dallas has, has won a lot of games this year, relying on their defense to, to get takeaways, you know, in the, the early and middle part of the season. And now that they've got key injuries, especially in the secondary, uh, they've been very, very exploited. So if Dallas is going to win this game, they're going to have to score a lot of points, I think. And, um so that that plays for a shootout
1: yeah um well my best ball portfolio uh has a lot of bucks so the fantasy playoff uh best ball stuff i've been doing
2: yeah i need to get uh, some bucks in there nobody
1: takes like like chris godwin's going incredibly late in those i can get him almost free mike evans like all these dudes like nobody wants these guys leonard fournette so i've just been stacking up tom brady leonard fournette chris godwin mike evans just like just and it's so easy to do. And I, I mean, I've kind of been saying this for a while that it feels like it would it shock anybody. If Tom Brady runs, runs this table and goes and makes the super bowl.
2: No, no, it's, I it's, don't. The, the NFC isn't very good.
1: No, the, 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 the NFC is really bad in my opinion. And like, there's just nobody that really like, Oh man, you got, I mean, the Eagles are obviously a good team and have a, you know, good offense, good defense, but wouldn't surprise me that, I mean, the, to see the, the, the bucks just all of a sudden run the table and, and make the playoffs or make the playoffs and and, win, and go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and jump over to wide receivers. I think it's a good time. Cause I think.
2: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from grammarly You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to
2: Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: It's very easy if you pay down at running back to pay up and go Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Stephon Diggs if you want. Like, it's definitely there. You yep. can definitely make it happen. Um, you know, and especially if you wanted to do like a short sack of like Daniel Jones and like Darius Slayton, play him in the flex or whatever, something like that. But it's something you definitely could look at doing because Justin Jefferson is only $8,400. Who's been over 9 K or 8,900 at least uh, for most of the season. And now he's $8,400. Jamar Chase is 8 K. Tyree kill $7,900. Ceedee lamb, 77 dollars Diggs is 7,600. Keenan Allen is only 7 K. And then you have Mike way we- or Mike Evans, who's 69 Jalen Waddle, 66 T Higgins, Chris Godwin, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams who is very questionable at this point, and Tyler Lockett rack up lock up the top 6k and above wide receivers. What are you doing at wide receiver this week? Like who are the wide receivers you really are looking uh, want to play the most outside of even of Game Sack?
2: Uh you have to like Justin Jefferson. Um he's had two duds in a row and he just nuked this giant secondary 3 weeks ago for 35 I mean, there's no way if if Minnesota goes down this weekend, there's no way they they go down without throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. So, um, I have heavy interest in him. Eighty four hundred is definitely too cheap for what <laughs> what he typically has brought uh, this year. So he's a nine nine to ninety five hundred wide receiver, and he's now eighty four hundred because it's a you know short slate. Um, they're catering to the casuals who want to be able to play their play whoever they want, but. Yeah, you have to like Justin Jefferson at 84. I, I definitely prefer him to Jamar Chase and Tyree Kill. Um, C D Lamb, I have heavy interest in him if you're game stacking Dallas and Tampa Bay. Uh, even if you're not, I mean, you have to have, have him in consideration just because he's been very, very good over the last, you know, really eight weeks. 41 against Green Bay, 21 against the Giants, 21 against Indy, 22 against Jacksonville, 37 against Philly, 24 against Tennessee. So... You know, he's been, you know, very good from a a 20 to 25 standpoint, but he also has flashed the ceiling of 30-plus as well. So in a game that Dallas should just focus on the pass, Ceedee Lamb is their guy uh, at the wide receiver position, so you have to have interest in him. Uh, Diggs absolutely shreds man coverage, uh, and Miami plays a lot of it. I know he didn't have a good game in Week 15. Um, Really, either game this year, only only 14 and, and 10 points but uh he's definitely a guy who can can get the best of any of those corners on miami so you have to have interest in digs at 60 at 7600 i think keenan allen's going to end up very very popular um this week 7k i'm not sure i'm going to click the button um but i mean his his volume has been absurd i mean he is just getting fed you know 11 to 15 targets on a weekly basis so Uh, definitely some interest there, but I think he's going to, going to garner a lot of ownership. And I mean, chargers are traveling East, you know, they, and they just no showed against Denver. They absolutely could no show here against Jacksonville. And I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, so definitely a little concern there. Um, we already mentioned, you know, Dallas and Tampa Bay. So you have to like Mike Evans. You have to like Chris Godwin in that game. Uh, T Higgins at 6,500 is, is comical. Uh, why is he priced that low? I, I'm not sure because he's pretty much been uh, you know, on par with Jamar Chase over the last two seasons from a, a per-game standpoint. We know he has 30-plus point upside uh, and, and can get the best of those secondary corners uh, that he should face against Baltimore. Um, so I definitely think T. Higgins is interesting, even though I'm not on Joe Burrow this week. Uh, they could just roll all the production to one guy, and it, it could definitely be T. So um, you have to have interest in him. Um, outside of that, the San Francisco guys are cheap, but I just don't see myself going there. Uh, we mentioned Josh Palmer. If Mike Williams is out, definitely a good play. Even DeAndre Carter. If, if Mike Williams is out is a solid play. Um, Gabe Davis at 4,800 feels free, but I mean, Gabe Davis has just felt, also felt like a trap all year, right? It's like every week Gabe Davis gets, gets cheaper and we keep saying that he's a good buy low candidate that he can smash the slate and then he goes out and gets seven points. So at like at what point is Gabe Davis just you know not this this great play anymore? Um he's he's
1: uh I've gotten to the point where I actually just think he's 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 fucking terrible. Like he he's not a good football player. Like like I, I'm done with, with with believing that that yeah, he is it's a like, thing. Like every we week, also hyped him up because of like what happened, because of the playoffs last he year. He nuked right? the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, he crushed in that game and like we all thought that he was gonna be this thing and you're you're attached to Josh Allen and he was gonna see a lot of targets. And he has. I mean, he's he has multiple games this year with, with pretty decent targets. I mean yep. I mean, last week against New England, he had ten targets in that game, three catches, no touchdowns. Yep. Six point nine. Like yep. he's just been really bad. And like it's something that the I mean, obviously we're not talking about the offseason, but the, it's something the Buffalo Bills definitely need to figure out. Like they need more wide receiver help. They still have Stephon Diggs, obviously. But, you know, like they, they don't really have any elite options, you know, and Gabe Davis just isn't it. And, yeah, if you want to take a shot on Gabe Davis, by all means, you can. He's $4,800 and he's attached to Josh Allen. Maybe he does score a touchdown. He doesn't need to do a ton to get there. Um, You know, he, he could, you know, even if he gives you 15 you know, I, I think it, it's 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 more it's more than good enough at $4,800 that he could get there. But I'm not expecting some nuclear performance from him, especially – with the type of game script that this is now next week, if depending on where he's priced after playing the Bengals, then yes, he, he becomes a little bit more of an interesting play in, in terms of tournament play.
2: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's like it's like every week he just gets talked about, he gets popular, and I'm just like, his price just keeps going down, and he just keeps doesn't producing fantasy points. So like, at what point do we just not play Gabe Davis anymore? And so I think I'm off the train, and this will probably be the week that where he pulls the the Pittsburgh. Uh, game where he catches a 99 yard touchdown on the first first drive of the game but um you have to have interest in zay jones at 4300 he's been you know arguably the the one b in that offense to behind christian kirk uh, and even kirk is playable at 5900 um that whole i, I just really like the jags this week i think the jags beat the chargers personally um so i i like the jags offense at home there uh, and then the Giants are free. We talked about how much we love Daniel Jones. And and Daniel Jones had his second highest uh, attempts of the year against Minnesota. Um, and he had 42. So that should tell you, you know, that the Giants aren't afraid to throw the ball against Minnesota. And that's what teams have done against Minnesota all year is just throw the ball against them because they're so bad in the secondary. So it's like Richie James, 3,900. Darius Slayton, 4,200. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, 4,100. Like all of these guys are free. And they've all been crushing over the last few weeks. So, like, I don't know how you just don't play Richie James against the Vikings, who have just given up a ton of production to slot receivers. Uh, And against Minnesota, 11 targets, 8 catches for 90 yards. Didn't score and still scored 17 DK points. So, 3,900. I just, I mean, am I stupid for wanting to play all these Giants receivers? Or, like... Like, t- talk me out of them, please, because I just want well, to it's, an ma- it's, such,
1: it's such an incredible matchup. And, like, if you look at Richie James, like, speaking of him, like, he has 40 targets over his last six games. Uh-huh. And uh, that is top 12 among all wide receivers on this slate. And so that is, that is weeks 12 through 17. I, did, I didn't include 18 in that because, uh, obviously, that would uh, – there's skewed in that because, obviously, the Giants didn't really play. Some other teams rested some players. So I just went 12 through 17. And yeah, he's top 12 in targets uh, over the, over that span. And, uh, so 34 catches, 331 yards, uh, you know, and so he doesn't have a touchdown that, you know, uh, so he's a little bit more touchdown dependent. but he, he's their slot wide receiver and he plays and he gets, a, he gets a lot of targets from them or from Daniel Jones. Uh, the last time they played, he saw 11 targets in that game, eight for 90. If he can find the end zone, then, uh, you know, he could be a smash play and he, but he's done it even without it. Um, Oh, no, that isn't correct. I see that he scored. He scored uh, week seventeen. Oh, it was a rushing touchdown. That's what it was. So he actually has two rushing touchdowns. That's what I was missing because those are passing. He has no uh, receiving touchdowns or two uh, rushing. But so they're also utilizing him a little bit on the ground as well. And so does Richie James. I think uh, is kind of morphed into what they probably were hoping with uh, Wondell Robinson. Right. That's kind of what they drafted him to be, uh, kind of this guy. And that's what Richie James has stepped up to be. And so he's thirty nine hundred dollars. And you're getting a player who is top 12 among all wide receivers on the slate in targets. And so, yes, uh, he is 100 percent in play. Darius Slayton can definitely, you know, kind of he's kind of the, the field stretcher for them. So sort of, they utilize on deep passes. And so, you know, Darius Slayton could also be in play as well. At, um,
2: Slayton's going to nuke a slate one of these days. And this could be the one. I mean, he's definitely it's been it's been Hodgins and James getting you know, getting the 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 points over the last few weeks. And I think I think everybody's gonna roll to Hodgins and 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 James and, and like Debros mentioned in the comments, like Hodgins' been their red zone guy. What if they don't make it to the red zone because Slayton's housed, you know, two 40 yard bombs? So I, I don't know. I, I think at some point Slayton's gonna nuke a slate, and this absolutely could be it.
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, the last time these two teams played, four for seventy-nine for him in that game. But um, and he you was know, jo- like you already mentioned, Zay Jones. He is incredibly too cheap at forty-three hundred dollars. He actually has more targets than uh, Christian Kirk over the, over that same span that I was yep. just talking about. Um, Zay Jones is actually eighth in targets. He has forty-eight um, over the last six over the last six games, and Christian Kirk has forty over that span. So we've seen eight more targets and really we'd probably be talking a little bit different about Zay Jones had he had not he but had Trevor Lawrence not just missing I mean, that that was the easiest wide open touchdown that he had that he could possibly have and just just over over threw the ball by 10 yards at least uh just completely missed Zay Jones in the end zone and that came against the the Titans last weekend but uh Zay Jones has been really really consistent he's been really solid he's been one of the best options pass catching options for them uh for the, uh, for Trevor Lawrence in this Jaguars offense so uh, Zay Jones, $4,300 is way too cheap as well. Um, you know, I, I definitely agree there. Um, there's didn't, just a, didn't
2: Zay nuke the Chargers earlier this year, too? I feel like, I, I'm pretty sure he just, like, he fits the scheme of what of how you want to attack the Chargers. He went, uh, yeah, he
1: scored 24.5 uh, DK points. He scored yep. you know, 10 catches uh, on 11 targets for yep. 85 yards in that game.
2: Cause he's uh, I think DeBro's D- mentioned how Zay Jones has been very good against uh, zone teams this year, and I think Kirk has been their man beater, and I'm pretty sure the Chargers play a ton of zone. D- 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 Derek's still in the in the chat, so he can he can definitely correct me if I'm wrong. But off the top of my head, uh, that is what rings a bell, which which would line up with how they use Zay in the first matchup, right? I mean, if he saw you said 12 targets. 11 targets, 12 targets, like that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> and that was early in the year too. Chargers are very good against the slot. Yeah, which would be Kirk. yeah.
1: So, so and, then, and then, I mean, if you want to go out further, you talked about DeAndre Carter. I mean, he saw five targets last, last week, but I think that he would be more involved if Mike Williams were to miss as mm-hmm. well. And so he's yep. $3,600. Um, he's down here. You have uh, T.Y. Hilton, who has emerged for the the the, the ca- <laughs> or for the Cowboys. He,
2: he emerges for them when it's third and twenty-six, and Dak throws a fifty-yard hail mary. Yeah, but I mean, he's seen five and four targets
1: over the last over the last two games. So I mean, he's only thirty-two hundred dollars. He,
2: he actually doesn't look bad.
1: No, he actually looks a little explosive. Like he didn't look dead, you know. Uh, like like I thought that he might have been, but. So I mean, he's somebody that you could look at. You know, even Noah Brown, if you really want to get uh, you know crazy, he's thirty one hundred dollars. Like, there's definitely some spots here we can get to that that's that's running a little bit lower here, um, down here. You know, obviously, it's a little gross, but because like, so I know this. There's six games on this slate. It's not three like we would like on a like a Thanksgiving Day slate or something like that, right? Yeah. But there's there's gonna be somebody that is down here that people just aren't looking at that's gonna that's gonna end up having a big a big day. Like it happens all the time. Like Thanksgiving, like it kills you all of a sudden random dude catches. A, yeah, yeah, like you know, just goes nuclear that nobody played. And yeah. so I think just getting a little bit different and uh, trying to, you know, in some of your stacks you may be playing uh and 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 incorporating some of these guys into, into your stack, I think can kind of set you apart as well.
2: I'm surprised you didn't mention Julia. He's he's back practicing in full, and I haven't you been on him a couple of times this year. And I know he hasn't really shown a ceiling, but I mean,
1: I mean, I think you could. I mean, there are there has been weeks that he has seen a decent amount of targets. He saw eight against San Francisco, six against uh, New Orleans. Um, I think he's at times he's looked good this year. Yeah. Obviously, you know he's been banged up, but he has missed some time, um, but. Russell Gage has kind of emerged as well as kind of a big favorite for Tom Brady um, as as of late as well. Um, he he
2: got hurt last week. Did he come back or? As far as I know, I
1: mean, he has no designation. Okay, that I so can he see. should be fine.
2: Because I was watching that, or that, that was on red zone. They showed that his touchdown, and he he like hurt his back pretty bad. But yeah, I mean, he, he felt come I back think directly on his back. Yeah, he must have come back in. He must be fine. Okay, yeah but Julio was out for that game too. I think who Gage has been a thing when Julio's missed. So I'd be curious to see what the what the split is with Julio back. Um well, I think the they kind of eat into each other personally. Julio
1: doesn't I mean Julio is very much a part-time player. Like he very much where he he's probably going to play 40% of the snaps. So, oh, for sure. You know. So I think there's enough room there for Russell Gage to also be able to eat as well. But those are kind of the wide receivers. Like for I, I guess for the payup options. I guess Justin Jefferson's where it's at for you. Like that's the guy that you're gonna grab it, James the most. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's hard not to against the Giants. I mean the Giants secondary is not something you're worried about. Just Jefferson can absolutely shit all over them. Um yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think Tyreek Hill is kind of interesting though. If Teddy
2: if Teddy plays, I do have Tyreek Hill interest. Yes. If Skylar um, Thompson plays, I do not have Tyreek Hill interest. No, I I, I don't think I could. Oh, Sky,
1: Skylar fucking Thompson.
2: Because those two games that Teddy started earlier this year, Tyreek had 29 targets across those two games. So, like, they're they're going to go to unswing. Like, I, the same exact philosophy, I think, that Minnesota has, where if Minnesota's going out, they're going out throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. If Miami's going to lose, they're going out throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So, it's I just think that, you know, they're going to go out with their best players. Um and if Teddy's at QB, he's definitely gonna force feed. So
1: yeah, let's I am hoping that Teddy Bridgewater plays just because I think it makes that game just a little bit more interesting and a little bit more palatable yep. on
2: Agreed. the Miami
1: side because Tyree Kill, 7900 dollars Tyree Kill. Uh, cause Tyree Kill can break a slate because of his just you get him the ball in space and allow him to do what he does. Um, and he can go nuclear. Uh this year against Buffalo, week fifteen. He scored 21.9, nine catches on 13 targets, 69 yards and a score. And then was the last th- week one, he only had 5.3, two catches on four targets in that game for 33 yards. But um that secondary for Buffalo has been a little bit banged up, has lost some pieces. Um, um If
2: if Teddy plays, are you stacking Teddy with Tyreek and Waddle? Uh, Teddy's fifty one hundred. Tyreek's under eight K and Waddle's sixty six hundred. I mean, it's affordable.
1: Oh, man. What if they started Mike Glennon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No neck or long neck Glennon. I was about to say no
2: neck. He's got the biggest (laughs) neck in the world.
1: Well, him and Davis Mills are in a competition on who has the longest neck. But uh, Skylar, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be. But I think, I mean, at least there's some encouragement with Teddy Bridgewater that he's gotten in some limited. He got another limited practice today.
2: I'm doing a quick uh, Twitter search to see if I can find any info on it. But, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at for wide receiver. I don't know if you have anybody else.
1: Yeah. Um, I just want to mention Tyreek just because of his, uh, you know, what he can do on a slate and he's probably going to carry zero, zero ownership. Um, and then, you know, Keenan Allen, you already mentioned, I do think it's like Debo Samuel being $5,700. I know, uh, Debro in the chat keeps uh, uh, bringing up Debo, but that weather saying what it's going to be, I don't really want to play any of the 49ers pass catchers, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah. And and the the thing with 49ers is they've got like nine guys that can score a touchdown. So it's like they can all just, you know, score 14 or 15 points and San Francisco scores 40. Like it's like none of their guys have ceilings outside of Kittle who can double tutty or, or, I mean, yes, Debo can score twice. That's absolutely a thing, and especially can do it on the ground. So y- y- he's definitely somebody you can play by himself. Uh, and he's way cheaper in this week than he's ever been. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I would definitely – Clinton Mills laying turtle Turtles in their closets. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. That shouldn't be that funny. But... <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I lost it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's a good but one. It, it- Bulls only have turtlenecks in their closets. That's, that's, that is a good one.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think Debo or, you know, one of the running backs or, or Kittle, I would just one off them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stack up San Francisco just cause they, they do so much random stuff and so many guys can score for them. Like I wouldn't be shocked to see Jawan Jennings catch a touchdown or something. Kyle, Ju- the Kyle juice check, uh, you know, people like that, Elijah Mitchell, CMC, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, uh, Ray-Ray McLeod. Like, there's just so many guys that they use, especially when they get down at the goal line. Backup tight ends.
1: Yeah, and then you're just dealing with weather, too. You know, concerns. Yeah, like I said, like, I mean, if if, if it plays out the way that you're talking, uh, and we're, I mean, obviously, we're going to be able to make a decision because that's the first game on Saturday. And so if you're playing the full slate, and it's looking like it's going to be as bad as Ben, because I mean they have just been pounded in California with with rain over the last yeah. you know uh, few weeks or whatever. And so how he's not built to
2: handle all that. No, uh, it never they, rains there.
1: They, yeah, they, they, yeah. And so I mean they're they're talking about high winds right now. It's a, I think I believe a yellow or orange on rotor or, or uh, rotor grinders. Yeah, yellow right now. And so uh, there's the potential for very very heavy rain, strong winds in there. So. Okay. Um,
2: Definitely something to pay attention to. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be off that game. I like that's it's the first game of the week. I'm just going to scratch that game off my list personally. Like de- defenses are in play, and I'll, I'll I even we can talk about defense when we get there. But I don't even hate Seattle defense. Yeah. Um, I'm good on wide receiver if you want to move to tight end. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump over to tight end. So you have George Kittle up top at 61,
1: Mark Andrews 52. T.J. Hawkinson at 51. Evan Ingram at 44. Dalton Schultz, 43. Dawson Knox is 4K. Gerald Everett's 39. Isaiah Likely at $3,300. And then, you know, just uh, the rest of the bums down here. Guys like Mike Kosicki, Noah Fant, Hunter Hurst, and Daniel Bellinger, Kate Otten. All these guys are here. Uh, what are you doing at tight end? Or, or are you pretty much just sticking your tight end at whatever game stack you're, you're going to be running for that?
2: Yeah, I mean... I think my tight end is probably going to be attached to the QB from the game. Like if if you're playing Brady and Dak, I mean, Schultz makes a lot of sense. Um, Even K. K Otten's interesting there. Um, If you're playing Daniel Jones, uh, I would absolutely attach TJ Hawkinson to that. Considering the giants had zero answer for TJ Hawkinson uh, three weeks ago, 16 targets, 39 DK points. Uh, against the Giants, so I I may just end up playing just Hawkinson, but uh, I, I definitely think the Dallas Tampa Bay tight ends are in consideration, and then also if if you're playing Lawrence or or Herbert, uh, both Ingram and Everett have to be in consideration as well. But Hawkinson would definitely be my my top pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Likely? Do you think? I know I have not been able to figure out why, for the life of me, with the Baltimore Ravens having literally no other pass catchers that they can trust, why they haven't tried to run more Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews together. Like I know that that you know they're both obviously move tight ends and the, and the but like they're Isaiah Likely is clearly hashtag good at football. Like we we continue to see it anytime they give him like heavy usage um he he comes through last week he had 13 targets in that game eight catches for 103 yards against this same cincinnati defense and i i don't know why they don't utilize both of them more uh it just it just kind of blows my mind the way that the way this works um but he is kind of interesting but with mark andrews likely being active like i don't know maybe just just if you're wanting to a tight end from that game then maybe you do just pay up uh, you know to Mark Andrews if you can make it work. But I do think Isaiah likely should be somebody to at least have some consideration because I because maybe they decide to finally utilize them more.
2: Yeah, until they show me that they're gonna play both of them together uh at heavy usage. I, you just have to play if Mark Andrews, if he's in, if not, you play likely. That it just needs to be your flow chart. Those, and that's the only Ravens pass catchers I have interest in ever. It's cause they they don't ever throw the ball, they want to run it. And especially if Anthony Brown or whatever the guy's name is, I don't even know the third string quarterback's name. Um, if he's in again, you know, he he is so bad. It's like, I mean, he's, he's going to have to throw because they're going to be behind. But I mean, it's going to be a very similar game script to last week. So um, likely was the only receiver that they had and barely eclipsed the 100-yard mark. So with, Mike, with Mark Andrews coming back, you know, Andrews going to get all those targets, so yeah. I mean, likely can get you know three or four targets, maybe, but he's not going to see thirteen.
1: Um, in terms of just overall matchups, if you look at this, so I, I mean, Dawson Knox is in a good spot against Miami. They actually allow the second most uh, schedule adjusted PPR points to uh, Miami, and so or to Miami, two tight ends, and so I do think Dawson Knox is a way you could look if you want to play him outside of a game stack. He is, you know, not. Overly expensive at only four K, that spot is there for him. Um, And then Jacksonville has also struggled against tight ends. They're actually third in schedule adjusted uh, allowed to tight ends as well. So Gerald Everett at thirty nine hundred dollars, but man, he's as frustrating as all get out. uh, Really, to be honest to you, like he just his usage has dropped. I mean, almost tremendously. But another situation where with Mike Williams, you know out, maybe they utilize Gerald Everett more, especially inside the red zone and they stuff could. like that if they need to. So Gerald Everett at thirty nine hundred dollars, you could uh look there as well, I think as as another tight end. But I agree. Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, you know, or whoever tight end, you know, whatever game stack you're running, um, I think you could uh look to do that as well. Outside of maybe Daniel Bellinger, I don't know if I go there. Maybe you could, but I mean, he's three K. Uh but he just doesn't see a whole lot of targets. I would just play Hawkinson. Yeah, just as a run back or you know yeah. as a run back option or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just it's just tough to trust him. Um,
2: These are like Parham
1: par punt. Yeah, uh, I mean, sure, if you want. I don't know. That feels a little thin, but I agree. I, I think it's thin. Yeah. Uh, let's look at defense. So you got of uh, the cheap defenses. You have the Bucks, uh, the and the Jags. The Giants aren't crazy at 3K, but you have the Dolphins all the way down here at $2,300. You have the Seahawks at 24, Ravens at
2: 25. Um, who are you looking to play? Uh, if I'm paying down, it's definitely Seattle or Tampa Bay. Or even, I, I honestly don't even hate Jacksonville. Two of those three are home teams. You could sell me on the Giants uh, against primetime Kirk Cousins. But I like I like Jefferson and Hawkinson too much that I'm not going to end up there. Um, and then I probably won't end up paying up. I mean, the 49ers are the obvious one at 3600. But I mean, even them, like you and I have talked. You know, we've kind of talked all week. Uh, that the 49ers definitely have some concerns, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, getting, giving up a ton of production to Stidham. Uh, two weeks ago, and then you know, Blau comes out and throws a 70 something yard touchdown to AJ Green on the first place from scrimmage for the Cardinals or whatever it was. It's like, there's, I mean, yes, yeah, San Francisco is very good, and their front four allows them to do a lot of things on defense that other defenses can't do because they, they can generate pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz. Um, so they can, you know, drop guy, more guys into coverage. But I mean, if they don't get to the quarterback, I mean, there's definitely been issues, uh, with that San Francisco defense. So, the secondary mainly. Um, So I think San Francisco definitely has, isn't this unbeatable team that a lot of people thinks they are. And I I guess all of that to say, I don't know that I'm going to pay 3,600 for a defense, but on the flip side, if Seattle's trailing and playing in bad weather, I mean, that is a good recipe for turnovers. So let let me ask you
1: uh, how, how shocked would you be if Seattle beat San Francisco? Because I'm going to say not at all. I would, I would not be shocked.
2: I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I mean, Seattle's Seattle's definitely not bad, and they play Seattle. So the way that, the way that Seattle plays, and I mean, you mentioned this when you talked about Kenneth Walker. Seattle just wants to grind you down and just keep it a one score possession every single game for the the entirety of every game. Like whether they're winning by one touchdown or losing by one touchdown, they don't really care as long as they have a shot to win when, when it's all said and done. Um, and like, they've been that way, even with Russ, when Russ actually looked halfway decent for them. Um, like they never blew teams out. It's always been, you know, let's just win and grind these close games. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a low scoring close game. And I mean, Vegas, Vegas kind of agrees. It's a 42 total. I mean, the spreads nine and a half, so that's kind of they're kind of baiting you to take that you know nine and a half San Francisco line, and I, I feel like that's kind of trappy. Like I I feel like that game could end up as a one one touchdown game. So I yeah, and I guess all of that to say is you know I think the Seattle defense is interesting. I mean, it's Brock Purdy's first <laughs> first playoff game, right? Playoffs are a little bit different than the regular season. So,
1: well we we talked about this prior to. and um, like I don't I. I don't think San Francisco is as good as everybody's making them out to be. Like they literally have played really nobody. I mean, yeah. But on the flip side, kind of we talked about is that you know, well, there's not really a lot of teams in the NFC that uh, yep
2: that really worry you, and so yep. it
1: is possible that they make a deep run. Like, I yeah, I mean, we're we're
2: sitting way. here talking about Tampa Bay to make a deep run when Tampa Bay struggled to beat Carolina and New Orleans and fucking yeah, and, and they got smoked by year. the same San Francisco yeah. team. But
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Uh. So it's like the all of it circles back to the NFC is not good. Uh, the AFC definitely has the three best teams in the NFL. Um, I I think that all three of the Bengals bills and chiefs are better than Philly. Uh, and I think Philly is better than San Francisco. So um, yeah, I would not be shocked to see the NFC just completely turn, turn on its head at all.
1: Yeah, I no. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, anyways, that being said, uh there was a question here I, I was gonna try to get to. Uh but I forgot we wait. Oh, uh Legendary Pestrel just running in, doing a play, a play playoff fantasy league. Who you got to make it to the Super Bowl? Who do you got?
2: My pick is Kansas City. And I know that they don't I don't if you're doing a, a fantasy playoff league, I mean obviously they have a bye. Um but I think Kansas City makes it out of the AFC. And I will say it's definitely, my pick would be definitely one of San Francisco or Philly from the NFC. I'll say Philly, too. I know that's the two one seeds, but I just, I think they're the two best teams. I think, but if I, if, if, I, if I was drafting, I will say, if I was drafting for a playoff uh, fantasy league, I would prioritize Cincinnati and Buffalo because those are two teams that could beat Kansas City and make it to the playoff, the Super Bowl, and they play this week, too. So you'll get points for them this week, if that makes sense.
1: No, I, I, I
2: don't hate that either.
1: And I think both of those teams are good enough to knock off the Chiefs. Now, unfortunately, they have to play each other next week. Yeah. Uh, unless... But that's
2: that's a good thing, too, is if, you know, you definitely get – if you were to go, you know, load up – somehow get both Bills and Bengals on your team, you're pretty much guaranteed AFC Championship guys unless one of them gets upset this week. But I just don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Cause I, th- I think AFC championship is probably Kansas city and Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's better than Buffalo is. And I think the, the fun times come to an end after this weekend, I think Cincinnati can beat them and it, the, the Bengals can definitely beat the chiefs where they did it this year. They did it last year twice. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like the chiefs uh, kind of need to kind of get that monkey off their back. It's, they, it's been like that's been the one team that's actually been that's ever that's really given Patrick Holmes problems. I mean there's really no other team that has I mean they've steamrolled AFC West uh, every single year and there's they, they beat the, the bills yeah. uh, quite regularly, especially at the playoffs so that's Dude, kind I, I
2: wanna I want a rematch so bad of of Kansas City Buffalo.
1: Well yes, um, I want that so bad. So, and the NFC, I'm going to go I, I think I think it's I think it's Bucks and I think it's Bu- I think it's Bucks or or the Eagles. Um I was going to say another team, but I, I can't bring myself to to do it. You
2: know what's going to happen is Brady's from the Bay Area. And so, what's going to happen is uh, the Giants are going to upset Minnesota. And Tampa Bay is gonna beat Dallas. So Tampa Bay will play San Francisco. And Brady's gonna go walk into San Francisco where he's from. He's gonna pull his giant wiener out and flop it all over their foreheads, and and then he's gonna take Tampa Bay to the NFC championship against Philly. That's that's what's gonna happen. So but I there's this part like like so I was kind of talking through this
1: today with uh I work with like I could see the Giants beating the Eagles too. Like The Giants have, you know, this is another team that's played them, you know, three times. Like, it really wouldn't surprise me. Like, would it be wild to see the Giants in the NFC Championship (laughs) game?
2: It wouldn't. I just think, I think Philly matches up with what Philly wants to do on offense, matches up so well with what the Giants allow. It's like Giants in that Wink Martindale offense, they blitz a lot, you know, a lot of one on one coverage with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside, and you can run on the Giants too. So I think that the Giants just won't really. Be able to have enough offense to keep up with Philly scoring, um, but I—I I mean, well, I mean, ultimately,
1: I, I think it's—it's it's a pretty much I, it's kind of long shot. Like I, yeah. that's why that's why I think I think championship game is probably I, I do I think Bucks and Eagles is what I'm. I wouldn't
2: play. be shocked one bit if Tampa Bay made a made a run here.
1: Yeah, it's kind of what we've been t- I've been talking about for a while. Is that this is what's going to happen? It's almost inevitable. But like Brady's just kind of like shocked. chilling back, relaxing. now yeah. he's kind of like, you know, now he's like, all right playoffs are here now it's time for me to do my thing and uh you know what he's won a super bowl was it like almost i think it's what every other year or something like that
2: um yeah and the like the the mental the mental mind fuck that you go through when you're playing against tom brady on the other side of you in the playoffs it's like like that that messes with your head right and like yeah. people can people can say that it doesn't but it it does and it's like i mean the chiefs were favored by like I don't even know how many points it was, uh, for the Chiefs to beat Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, and 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 Brady just like waltz, he waltzed all over them. I that was a, that was a blowout.
1: I have uh, left that game well well in the past. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: sure you uh, men and blacked your memory on that one.
1: Yeah, that was that was brutal. Um, that's whenever the Chiefs decided they needed to get an offensive line, and so yep. thank you Tom Brady for that, for <laughs> because I don't know if they would have went out and uh, re- completely revamped their entire offensive line, so.
2: Yeah, Mahomes uh, was running for his life that whole game.
1: Yeah, that was the game was where bad. he was literally sideways. Yeah, and sideways through the ball. And uh, who back. who dropped it? Was it
2: Damian Williams? It should have been a touchdown.
1: I think it was Damian Williams who dropped. Did they hit it. Hit him
2: in the face mask.
1: Yeah, it. Yeah, should have been a touchdown.
2: That would have been like the greatest touchdown pass of all time.
1: Yeah, and I mean they still would have got smoked. So
2: they'd really oh yeah, that. they would. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, what's the, the baseball meme where it's like. Oh, and Nick Nick Castellanos long drive to deep left field. That's a three-run homer, and now the Reds trail seventeen to three. <laughs> like that's what it, that's what it, that's what the highlight would have been.
1: Yeah.
2: So. All right, let's. Uh... Yeah. Fuck you,
1: D bro. Fuck you. That was, <laughs> we didn't love that game. Nobody loved that game. Okay, D bro.
2: All right, just because the Saints gave up. Oh, their, their, I had their pick. so much money on Kansas City. It was it was it was disgusting. All right, let's
1: build a lineup. Let's build a lineup. We we usually do that All directly right. after. We just kind of uh went through this, so let's build a lineup. Um, go ahead. Let's let's, let's yeah, you can start.
2: Uh, Daniel Jones. All right, Daniel Jones. I hope uh, he's not popular because I just want to play him.
1: Let's play. Let's, let's play Richie James.
2: All right, let's uh let's run back. Hawkinson. You know what? I'm a little, Let's go, Chris Godwin. Uh C D Lamb. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a three running back a week. You do not play running back in the flex on the slate. Absolutely not. Do we think about going Saquon in the stack? Or could we? Uh you could. I mean he had ten targets last time they played Minnesota. I mean it's definitely viable. He catches enough passes that it works. That wouldn't work. I was <laughs> I was
1: trying I was trying to I was trying to see if we could play Justin Jefferson as well with Saquon and all this. It wouldn't work. We'd have to find it. there's no such thing as a twenty seven hundred dollar running back. <laughs> so that's not gonna work. When we still could play Jefferson, I would just have to find a different running back.
2: Yeah, you can't play Saquon, you have to pick one of the two. Let's
1: go Justin Jefferson and see if we can figure this thing out. All right. So I think we could go Lenny. Yeah, let's go Lenny. We need a defense. Uh, let's just say fuck it and go Seattle. Yep. That leaves $5,200 on the board. And we that would leave us with... What about if we go Elijah
2: Mitchell? I'm good with Mitchell. Or we could go James Cook. I think... Yeah, I mean, I'm good with I'm good with going Cook and getting Bills exposure that way. I mean, they're both part-time running backs, right? You're just looking. Or do for you touch- jump off
1: of Hawkinson if you're expecting Jefferson to go nuclear? If that if that's I don't. Well, they, s-
2: they they both smashed the giant. Hawkinson had 39 and Jefferson had 35.
1: Oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, had 38.
2: Like that's that's just how they attacked the Giants was hey, okay, Hawkinson and Jefferson, that's all you're gonna get. That's what that's just how they did it. So it's I mean, it's definitely viable that they both get there. What we could do uh I was gonna say we come off Lamb and play Pollard, that would open a lot, up a ton of salary. Then I mean, you could probably could go uh actually I might be down for that. You can do Pollard and ETN. Or put Pollard up at running back and not play ETN. You can play like T. Higgins. Kind of like Lamb, though. He smashes. Mm. <clears throat> or, there's another route. Uh, we can play Saquon. And then in the flex, you can put Darius Slayton for a double double giant stack and just go full blown. That would actually be a triple giant stack, actually, if you played Slayton down there. You play Zay Jones. Yeah, you could do that. I actually don't hate that at all. So what I have the 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 shell that I have in right now, so it'd be Daniel Jones, Fournette, Barkley, Richie James, Godwin, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Zay Jones. So that would be two Tampos with no no Dallas run back. Uh, With three Giants and two Minnesotas with a Zay Jones one-off. And that leaves you 3,100 for the defense. You can do something like that. But it depends how bad you want a Dallas guy in with the Tampa Bay guys. So, or
1: we could do Daniel Jones, Leonard Fournette, Elijah Mitchell, Richie James, Chris Godwin, Jefferson, Hawkinson, CeeDee Lamb, and... And then you'd have $2,900 up for defense, or you could just lock in the Seahawks 24, leave 500 on the table is also an option. you I am good with Mitchell and Lamb, for sure. That's kind of what I was thinking. I I, th- I like that more. So yeah. let's, let's lock that in. So we'll go Daniel Jones, Fournette, Elijah Mitchell, Richie James, Chris Godwin, Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson, CeeDee Lamb, and Seattle D. With $500 left on the table. I like it. Works for me. That's going to win all the monies. There, so we'll lock that in. And was there Oh yeah, just built one. Brady Eckler, Fournette, Justin Jefferson, Godwin, Richie James, Bellinger, ETN, Tampa Bay defense.
2: Thoughts? Brady, Fournette, Godwin, Tampa DST. That's just a Bucks onslaught there with no Dallas runback. Eckler, Jefferson, James, Bellinger, ETN. I mean, it's got the the lineup has probably the best you know floor plays of the slate, right? It's got Eckler, Jefferson, and ETN, arguably the three best floor plays outside of Saquon. And you've got just a Bucks onslaught. Only only guy I'm not sold on there is Bellinger.
1: Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um Bellinger, just because, like I said, like he just doesn't see a whole lot of opportunity whatsoever. He mainly sees like three targets. Um want to do. Like though. if if
2: I was if I was playing a Brady team and punting tight end, I'd probably just attach Otten to him. But I don't know that I would want Fournette, Godwin, and Otten. I guess you could. I mean, if you're playing Brady, you're hoping he throws three or four touchdowns. It's definitely viable. So we
1: have Justin Jefferson Godwin Richie James at 39. I just wanna see if it can play with this a little bit. Flex he has ETN and
0: DST we have the Bucks. Cause <clears throat> to me, like
1: I feel like if I was going to play that, I think I don't know if I would go Eckler. Like I think you could
2: drop Eckler and... Slide ETN up to the running back spot. Right. Play CD Lamb on the other side. Or Schultz. Or you can play Schultz in the tight end spot and then do whatever you want in flex instead of CD Lamb.
1: And then if you're wanting a run back on the Charger side, that leaves you just enough to get to Keenan Allen at 7K. And so you could go... Uh, Brady, ETN, Fournette, Justin Jefferson, Godwin, Richie James, Schultz, Keenan Allen, and Buxty.
2: I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I agree too. I think that looks a lot better.
2: I'm just such a firm believer, in, and, and both you and Derek know this of just playing, and, and
1: playing Otten with the tight end. Yeah. Like you your, can play Otten,
2: but just the tight end from that game in general. When games go off, the tight ends usually go with it just because they're, they're, a, a lot of times they're responsible for touchdowns, so. I
1: mean, it's possible, too, if you didn't want to play that many bucks, if you don't want to you know, feel comfortable, you could play Auden instead of instead of him. Um, and it would actually give you enough to get to play something like Tony Pollard at $6,400. He would be back in play. You could do that because that would leave you at $6,800 at running back. If you didn't want to play Fournette and you wanted to switch, you could do something like that. Or drop down from Keenan Allen and play somebody a little bit cheaper. Um, uh, that You could do that too. And that would free you up enough money maybe. Um, I guess then from there, you, if you wanted to go
2: back to Eckler, for example,
1: and play Eckler and again, you could do that. And then that would still leave you to or $500. If, or if you
2: don't want to play Schultz, you can drop Schultz to Otten and then upgrade Keenan Eckler to like a Jamar Chase or something. Like Keenan Eckler, Keenan Allen. <clears throat> So that would look like Brady, Fournette, ETN, Jefferson, Godwin, Richie James, Otten, and then I'm guessing you would have enough for one of the big boy wide receivers, like Jamar Chase. You could definitely yeah. do that too. Yeah. Or even CeeDee Lamb if you, want the, if you want the Dallas run back. And then you could play San Francisco defense.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff. I just – I don't – I wouldn't play –
2: I definitely think it's a good starting spot though if you, if you like Tom Brady. Like that's a very good very good spot to start your team. Uh with yeah. that that build there. Uh, I like that team a lot. I just wouldn't play Bellinger. Like yeah, I, I agree. So, all right. Well,
1: with that being said, we went through this slate. Um it's not nearly as bad as last week's slate, but it's not you know, um it's not as good as what it could have been. If Tua had played and Lamar Jackson would play, then this slate yeah. I think could have been awesome. Uh next week's slate does look like it's going to be, unless some crazy injuries happen this weekend or something like that, uh, could be amazing where we could be seeing the you know the Bills and the, the Bengals take on each other again. You're gonna see the either the Chiefs and the Bank or the Chargers, which typically are pretty high scoring, or the Chiefs and the Jaguars, which could also be high scoring as well. That game looks like it could be really good. NFC uh eagles are back in play you're we're looking at probably eagles and what i guess it's going to depend on if the giants could knock off the the vikings or not if they don't um you know then we probably looking at what vikings and 49ers probably and yeah then, it'd be, yeah
2: it'd be vikings 49ers and then yeah. eagles and Tampa or dallas yeah so next
1: week weekend slate does look really really good so i'm excited for next for the divisional round but uh didn't want to get too far. I still think this, this weekend could definitely win you some money. I like how there's uh, multiple to uh, multiple different slates Saturday, Sunday only. And then you have the Saturday to Monday. Plus all the showdowns are going to be going on as well. So a lot of money to be made this weekend. So appreciate everybody rocking with us. We will be back again next week for the divisional round. And we've been promised by D bro. I'm sure he jumped out. So he, he, I couldn't hold him to it, but what uh, we have been confirmed that he said he is going to be here next week. So if he's not here next week,
2: Get your pitchforks and your your yeah. fire uh, and your hand grenades. Yep, and, we're going uh, to Zebro's house.
1: I will track him down and I will find him. Much like uh, <laughs> they said. Okay, he gave his word. So
2: he said he said he's driving in the car to Disney World. I, I hope he's got us like on the speakers right now, with his whole family listening that we're coming to get him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: daddy, Daddy, what
2: <laughs> what is going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anyways, keep it locked in here. Have a good weekend. Let's win some money this weekend. We'll be back again for the divisional round next week. Have a good weekend. Win some money. You Bye.
0: Tell me what to do. You know who you're talking to. But you better get used to the way the ball I can watch you got The measure's an yeah, that's a great little man Break it down Think you're right to that Think you're right, Think you're, right Think you're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man